My brother Brandon and I have been working in tech since about 2010. We've learned the fundamentals of design, development, and product. Today, we are both focused on building our own businesses that will last. The thing is, we still have so much to learn. In this podcast, we have honest conversations about our work as founders. We discuss problems we are facing, tactics to achieve our goals, and our philosophy of business. The conversations have been incredibly helpful for us, and we think you will enjoy them too. It's time to build. Hey everyone, this is Adam. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of the Wazzle Brothers Build podcast. Just wanted to give you a little heads up before this episode starts that for the first nine minutes and 30 seconds or so, my brother and I talk about vasectomies and World of Warcraft. If you're not into that kind of personal chat and you want to get straight to the business talk, just fast forward about nine minutes and 30 seconds past the end of this introduction. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Hey, brother. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Um... Nice. I got a vasectomy yesterday. Whoa. So I can't. You're actually lift in so anything. such good shape oh, right I'm now. Moving. I totally <laughs> forgot about it. You look completely fine. Yeah, because it's fine. Yeah. It's one of those things that um like I'm really not allowed to stand and walk more than yeah. I absolutely have to. You know? Uh all that's fine. Um but I'm totally functional. I have my wits about me. Well, that's good. I yeah. mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I I figured it's a fairly non-invasive, like, quick thing, but, like, I don't it know. It was ridiculously quick. It was, like, amazing. Yeah. It was basically, really? like, a McDonald's drive through level of speed and service. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Sorry. Just got some uh, shenanigans going on in my household today, so. That's okay. Pit viewers or listeners will be excited. We can always just delete all of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm yeah. interested in this vasectomy conversation. It's actually kind of uh, nice, I guess, because I have had surgery. I'm not allowed to move around or like do anything. I'm not allowed to lift anything, including my right. kids, which does yeah. suck and is hard. Oh, um, but tough. I feel pretty much fine. Good. So I basically get to sit around like playing video games or like yeah. whatever. And I can't act. I actually am like doctor's it's orders like not really allows it to help out yeah. so it's like kind of like a little vacation that's sweet um, yeah but the okay. procedure was incredible like unreal how fast and efficient it is wow that's i amazing. mean the guy in ottawa is like one of the top people in canada or north america he he literally invented the procedure what like that he uses yeah he like innov- innovated a new way to do vasectomies because he does so many vasectomies wow what so a, I forget the numbers, but we should look it up uh, sometime. The, the amount he's he's done, it's like staggering numbers. Like he does wow. uh, like tens of them a day. Holy crap. And he's been doing it every day for like, I don't know, a decade or something. That's like, that's staggering. Anyway, whatever. I mean, was it laser beams? Like what did they do? No, I don't really like, I think he was in there with like some kind of a scissors or knife i don't know i wasn't looking yeah fair <laughs> enough <laughs> you're not like hmm. but the way he used his tools and like did the procedure it was yeah. uh the best like analogy i can think yeah. of is it's it was like when john wick is like building in his guns oh man <laughs> L- like absolute just military precision like 
he would like turn wow. like thing on the table clack clack next thing go go whatever like just like orderly and quick and perfect yeah. like every motion has been practiced like a million yeah. times he has memorized a checklist it's pretty reassuring and pretty and nice because yeah, yeah. I, amanda ba- i wasn't allowed to drive because i had to take right. uh, some valium um fun and amanda like so amanda drove me and she like basically left the car running like that's how fast and efficient wow. it is yeah they're like, yeah. like she picked up a coffee was like all right let's go yeah it's amazing that's amazing dude yeah. that's awesome anyway well, it's good. interesting i i might try think about it more talk about it more at some point i haven't really um absorbed or like it hasn't really sunk in what this means to be like mentally you know what i mean mm. yeah, it yeah. definitely feels like the end of an era there's no question yeah 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 well, it feels okay. like in the chapter or in the book if my life was a book you know how when you get to like the end of like a part and there's oh, like the yeah. big sort of white blank page between yeah like it's not just a chapter it's like you're on uh, we're on like book three now or yeah something. yeah yeah okay it, it has that kind of like feel to it okay we'll I have a question for you then okay if that's the feel and many books that I read that have these big sections and these changes, it says like, you know, you do the big white page, then you flip and it says part three in like nice Roman numerals. And then there's usually like a quote and it's this section's dedicated to this. What What is this next chapter or next part of your life dedicated to? Sleeping more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Book three, The Awakening. <laughs> or is it? You want to yeah. go to the sleep? No, I, the sleep thing might be an illusion like probably is. i think yeah lots of parents think that yeah like once the kids are a little older i'll like finally start sleeping again but then they yeah. discover that no in fact their sleep habits have been just tr- disrupted for life it happens a lot with with moms yeah. anyway you just oh. like permanently don't really sleep the way you did before uh, i think that, for me i'll probably be fine but <laughs> that, that sounds foreboding but it's, also yeah. just makes sense when you say it out loud it's like yeah, yeah that follows yeah. Also, I mean, like, oh, the kids grew up. It's like, yeah, now they're in, you know, this this sport and this pastime that I drive them to at six yeah. in the morning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely yeah. still gonna be like a servant to yes, my absolutely. kids for for a long, long time. So that's not what that's the, not the next away. book is about. But it's all right. Yeah, it's different. It'll be something. But yeah, Sweet. I haven't really processed it yet. Yeah, that makes sense. It was like anything in life. Uh, there was definitely a bit of fear and like ir- I- definitely irrational concern leading up to the Interesting. thing. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Because it's, there's such a low level primitive part of my brain that like rails against the idea of like anything happening in that region of the body. Right. Yeah. Of course. Like it's of course. completely, you completely can't help it. Right. No, that makes sense. It's just visceral. So like that visceral concern was actually there anytime I'd think about it happening. Um, Yeah. But rationally, I knew it was totally fine, completely safe. Absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm literally going to the guy who's done like, yeah, thousands and thousands of them. Like, there's no worry. Right. But it's just like my, my lizard brain was like freaked out. Yeah, uh, but like anything that's like all of that concern leading up to it, but then the actual thing, the actual procedure is like totally fine. Yep. And then this week I get to basically just sit around and it's like kind of like a forced vacation, right? Perfect. And I feel fine. Yeah. 
well, you picked a good week because the new Warcraft expansion came out. Oh, so. yeah. So that's what you've been <laughs> yeah, working on, eh? You, exactly. <laughs> well, you're, you're busy getting mastectomies. I was uh, conquering the realms of the Shadowlands. I'm definitely, yeah. I, I, we've talked about this. Like, I'm definitely yeah. on the fence about yeah. downloading that and trying it. But I think ultimately I, I will. I haven't played Warcraft in a really long time. And yeah, I think it'd be pretty fun. Even if it, I just do it for like a few hours and then stop, it'd still be yeah. worth it yeah yeah for sure no it's amazing and i've been i've been thinking a lot about warcraft lately yeah and like azeroth and world of warcraft because uh because i've been getting into like the role-playing game industry yeah right exactly i was about to say yeah i'm like thinking a lot more about gaming and role-playing games and it's like well then you start to think about warcraft yeah like the stories that they're telling too like they're like master storytellers the sound team carried this like i mean okay i can't say carried the expansion i haven't played the whole damn thing but like it's awesome the sound mm-hmm. design and the music like the actual like obviously ost and stuff is awesome cool. but there's these like moments where you enter like i don't want to like spoiler anything but anyway you go to the shadowlands it's a scary place and you go to these different areas and one of them has like a kind of like battle theme to it and when you get in there it's like you have to become a chosen one through battle and like showing that you're like powerful then you just hear like the wails of the like ones that failed because they're like chained up and like locked around the like outside area and and, like just while you're running around trying to conquer and prove yourself or whatever they're just like literally wailing at you and like in your headset it's balanced properly so if you're turned your character's turned you hear it on the right side and stuff it's so cool it's really freaky and there's like giant weird golems running around trying to kill you and they have like very ghoulish sounds it's it's really well done like really well done that sounds really cool yeah yeah, yeah. sound just makes the soundtrack a huge difference awesome. yeah. oh yeah 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 it all feels feels very interesting anyway so that, that's been me <laughs> other than playing. other yeah. than shadowlands what have you been working on recently uh, your focus main focus is just uh getting proposals out to new and exciting clients that i look forward to hopefully working with at our company okay cool. yeah so we, how does that work like when do you send a proposal honestly we are not good enough yet as an agency to be like this is the process Mm -hmm. so it's still very much a like i guess an an internal working in my head yeah like a little bit that's like this feels like the right time i mean sometimes it's super obvious you like talk to a client they know what's up like they get tech they know how it's built and they're sort of like hey I need this type of tech built that looks the, the box is this big. It looks like this. And when I turn the crank, it has to do X. Right. You're like, oh, amazing. I'll go write you a proposal because what you need to decide on is like, is this the right team with the right background at the right price? Okay. So like when right. you get that nice and easy, you just write the proposal. That's like one in 10 clients that gets all of that when it comes to building technology. So normally it's more of like a back and forth talking to them, eliciting feedback, like very much all the product management skill set, really like Mm -hmm. being like, okay, you want to build a product in fintech that does payments faster. Right. Do you know anything else? And they're like, well, I wanted to work on mobile. You're like, that helps, (laughs) but there's like so much more. So you have to like talk to them, go through it and stuff. And like, and then the other side is the nature of the negotiation. Like some, you don't want to if you're running an agency out there, basically you don't want to sit down and like spend all this time on a quote making like a spec, because if you write a whole spec where you're like, this is what the system's going to be. You spend hours and hours and hours and also your literal talent, like yep. writing their plan essentially for yep. them. And then when you give them that and you're like, here's my proposal, 
there's like this weird moment where you're kind of like, I just gave you a bunch of free work. That's going to save me a ton of time as like the service provider if you sign. Right. But if they don't sign, they get to walk away with like literally hours of your work, which is like this kind of plan to build the product. Right. And they can take it somewhere else, right. which some clients I'm learning now uh, do. They like take it to offshore. Uh-huh. So they'll get like, you know, near shore people who understand them to like write the specs through the quoting process right. and then they'll go offshore. Oh, that's awful. Build. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rotten. It's, it's still rare. But yeah, like I've, I've been hearing good. more about it from like other friends in the industry. Sure, um, we sure. are luckily haven't been burned. But anyway, so to your big question, which has now turned to this big answer, it's like there's just this nuance to it where you kind of mm-hmm. feel it. You like do small proposals, aka like an email that's like, hey, we can build this thing for around this number. Does that sound directionally okay? And then sure. if the client's like, yeah, then you're sure. like kind of like a little more bought in. You're like, okay, it's worth a little bit more effort to like Got make it. the actual whatever. Yeah. So would you say a proposal is different than a specification or is a specification a special type of proposal? The latter. Okay. So, so yeah, at the, the end, eventually a proposal will look like a product spec. Uh, no, it's uh, sorry. I, I guess maybe I misheard you. It's um, a special proposal. Like I do not. Very often we don't write a spec in our proposal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We just say we're going to get it done. Um, that's a bit of my agency's methodology, though, because we we go mostly based on value based pricing. So Good I idea. don't show. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't show a client like you are getting 24 dev hours for, you know, $200 a, an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we don't do that. It's yeah. like, no, this thing that you've asked me to build with this type of thing, yeah. which at least has epics. So like very large, bulky kind of like features, I guess, yeah. almost. Yeah. Try to try to structure it that way. Um, you know, you get this, it's going to be designed, it's going to be whatever, and it's going to be this number. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There's no other stuff. In these rare cases sometimes, and it's usually only with current clients, we do like a like a retainer almost. So it's like, okay, yeah, if you pay us, you know, 10 grand a month, you're gonna get this much dev work. Right. Um, but that's usually because we deliver the product to market. They need help while they're still like hiring a team or their team's yeah, taking over the product. Kind so of like different Yeah. Context. And because we've worked with them, we trust them and they trust us. Sure. So they know that when we bill by the hour, it's not like there's none yeah. of this weirdness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, value-based pricing is such a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it um, really is. This is actually... This idea is in that... We were talking about the Naval Manac. Oh, yeah. The compilation right. of insights from Naval, the philosopher, yeah. the tech philosopher guy. Oh, yes, of our time. Uh, but he talks a lot about that, about being accountable for your outcomes only. Mm, yeah. So it's like, what's the value you're delivering to a client or to the world? That's the thing you want to be paid for. Right. Yeah. And then obviously then it's just putting you in a position of much higher leverage uh, yeah. as you can divorce your income from your time. Right. Yep. yep. And your income can be coupled to how good you make decisions and execute. Which is uh, fantastic, hundred percent. Yeah, we've yeah, like we've beat out other, like we've been in some competitive bids where we find out that you know they're obviously soliciting others, mm-hmm. and like some of these agencies have come back like quoting the cl- potential clients of ours like at half a million to like do their build, mm-hmm. and we come in at like three twenty, 
or something mm-hmm. 320 K. And um, anyway, they get surprised, but I'm like, it's still value based pricing because still at 320, I'm going to deliver this in this type of time period, mm-hmm. which is like usually way faster than the others. And like, I think it's by the nature of like, we've just built so many products now, like at our agency, it's just what we've done. We have a flow. We know how to do it. Like sure. synergy on the team, like whatever. I don't know why these others are quoting so high. Maybe they just think they can. I don't know I, if that's their sales yeah, process. I don't know, actually, I'm not sure what you're saying you do sounds like entirely outcome oriented or value based. Like it sounds like you yeah. are anchoring it to your time in some way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the fun trick of it is like you kind of have to. Well, well, no, you well don't. maybe. Well, maybe you do yeah. like because yeah. that's a good question. Like let's let's assume we agree that value based pricing is the, the right model. Yes. The question is like, well, how do you know the value? Like that's a really hard yeah. question to answer. I don't know. Yeah. But I assume it would be the value to the client, right? So if yeah. this widget is going to save your client a million dollars a year, yep. then the value to your client is a million dollars a year, yep. like minus a bit, right? But, yep. then, but then it gets into like, okay, but you probably are, I know you're an awesome agency and like great, people so you probably want to deliver like 10x value right so it's like yeah like i know this is worth to you a million a year so i'm just going to charge you one million once yeah and knowing you're going to just take the other 10 million every year following this and that's like okay you you like are fine with leaving that yeah yeah like i mean that's i guess that's where the problem of value-based pricing comes is of course that's the best way to calculate it but I'll tell you right now, when you know one of our big Fortune 250 clients calls us and wants to do innovation work, and they've got an idea that might unlock direct-to-consumer as a platform mm, for them, yeah, there's no number where you're like, oh, yeah. this is this much. Like it's, it's just it doesn't su- exist. Yeah, it's super it's hard innovation to work. You have yeah. no idea. So really, where the value comes in is it it becomes part of the sales process, which is also why it's so hard at our agency to ever find someone to do sales for us who they have to almost always be a product manager or a highly technical person who's done client work before mm-hmm. because you're you're working this thing where one, you have to technically know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to read the room and get where they're at. And that's what helps you do the value-based pricing because if you're talking to a third-time founder who's exited his business like twice or something and they want something built, they're going to have a lot harder time taking your value-based pricing because they're going to think to themselves, well, I know a bunch of devs. I'll just call them. I'll get them to build it. Sure. So if I quote that person, you know, a bunch of money, they always and very quickly go to, well, what's your hourly cost? Yeah. Like, tell me more about this. I I don't like, what do you mean? It's 30 grand or whatever. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how they value it. And you're dealing with that tension in the world because most people do build that way. So they yeah. like expect that. They're like, well, yeah, where's the hourly? Of and I've literally told clients, like, I'm not going to tell you. We don't. Like, this is the number yeah. for the thing. Yeah. and it, But, like, it's gotten into contention. In order to get deals, sometimes we do have to tell them. It's it's really, it's, it's a very weird Yeah, it's weird because they want to, they're comparison shopping. Right. They're exactly. like, they can't compute the hourly yeah. from an absolute number. And they need that computation so they can compare it against their offshore options. Or, like, exactly. agency yeah. B, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that so. is tricky, man. Th- okay, this is an actually really interesting topic. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm thinking, okay, 
there, this is clearly a common problem for serv- for service agencies, right? Yes, to my so knowledge, I, every so, single one. So I'm assuming, I would hope, that all you folks have a bunch of playbooks on this. Like, what oh. are the playbooks? What? Are, how do you? How do you talk to the customer uh, properly in situations like that? You're basically very quickly getting to one of the core problems of agency is there isn't really a playbook it because it is a space well the space is impossible to one size fit all okay like think about it i'm i'm an agency that builds like high performance yeah. software products mm-hmm. my friend's agency over here like she's amazing she runs a performance marketing firm okay that's totally different yeah they're not apples they're not like whatever if you say value it's like okay well how does she prove value she might be able yeah. to use rojas or cac or ltv or all these like great SaaS terms that are amazing sure. uh, rojas's return on ad spend by the way cac is cost of cost of customer acquisition and then lifetime customer value uh where the numbers i want or things um and then like anyway like place to place to place like what's the value of a brand it's the same question that all these creatives yeah. get. Like if Coca-Cola calls you and wants universal license to yeah, yeah. something you design, sure, you charge sure. a lot. Yeah. That's kind of how they, that, yeah, that's yeah. like a. Yeah. I know that the actual quantification process is hard and there is right. no formula. I agree with that, but I think that's a slightly separate problem. Like the problem okay. I'm thinking of or the playbook is like, surely a bunch of agencies of all stripes yeah. have decided for themselves that value-based pricing is the right approach yeah because it lets you be accountable to your outcomes and therefore operate from a position of higher leverage and start to divorce your time from your your income yeah so it's a great idea but then they've all for sure come across the same scenario where they are anchoring they're being anchored to other agencies who don't do that yeah and just the normal sort of customer mindset of comparison shopping. And so they need a way to transmute all of the quotes into the same currency format yeah. so yeah. that they can just figure out who's the cheapest, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised there's no playbooks. I feel like well, there must be, you know, kind of like those like when you get like templates on how to cold email people and stuff. Yeah, there right. must yeah, be yeah. things like that that are like, they'll probably have this concern and that concern. And like, here's like some good responses and ways to educate and ways to like move them into this mindset. Yeah. uh, Those probably exist. Um, There is a like overarching playbook, but it's like more of a framework Mm. because the, the way to, the way to unlock value-based pricing is like the, it's kind of a trope now, but like do demand generation, be so good, mm-hmm. make amazing content that you put out that when people read it, they see you or perceive you as an authority on the space. Okay, right. And then when they come to you, they're not they're not wasting your time with like what's your hourly rate because they want you. Right. And that okay. that's a mindset shift. That so that helps. Uh, okay, so that's yeah. see, that's a good example. Like that's a play. Yeah, that's an actual play. Might not yes. be the right one for for a certain agency or not. Like you yeah. can debate that, but that seems like a clear move in the yeah. in the toolbox. That's definitely one. And the other one I've seen is um, scarcity. So most value-based agencies that I've seen that I look up to, like in our you know analysis mm-hmm. of the space and stuff, they have this, almost all of them, somewhere on the site, whether it's true or not, I'm not sure. I don't know the owners yet, but like they'll write, we have space for one more client this year. Yeah, yeah. Like pitch us. They literally are like, pitch us. You we pitch, like to, we, we pick three us. clients a year because yeah. we all do this other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like we only take three a year. You pitch me. 
if we like it, we'll let you pay us money and we'll build yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So these it's are really like, yeah. yeah. So this is like classic pricing psychology. Yeah, exactly. Work. And it works yeah. for an agency and it works for yep. um, a toy you're selling or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so cool, man. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, let me know how it goes as you slowly oh. move from, yeah. Uh, yeah, gut feel and like shooting at the hip <laughs> towards yeah. more of like a tried and true what what i can tell you so far is today's modern founders who have even read like a little bit on the internet like despise value-based pricing and then your larger format like like legit b2b but like i'm talking mid-market or large market so like probably a thousand employees and up Mm -hmm. they are like really with value-based pricing Hmm. is is my uh, initial analysis having worked probably 45 deals this year and closed like 11 of them or 12 or something Mm -hmm. um yeah like it's it's very much that like when you go talk to a fortune 500 they they don't understand how we operate so this is very much to us too because we're like that scrappy build stuff type Mm -hmm. team Mm -hmm. um and they're just like they don't get how innovation works so when you're like yeah it's going to be this hard to do this thing in this type of timeline they actually usually are like wowed no matter what price i seem to give them they're like that's so cheap and i'm like yeah because for them (laughs) it would actually cost them like like crazy yeah times yeah probably because they got to bring like you know 10 executives would. and whatever yeah because yeah. they need to but, be aligned everyone yeah. needs to get aligned yeah Don't exactly audrey uh, oh, hello. yelling she needs yeah. to get in line yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, man, yeah. i totally get it i mean i've i've lived through that a little bit yeah well, what i'm about a little you? surprised that small teams you're talking you're saying like smaller like founders like running yeah to clarify teams early founders so like first time founders maybe second time like so i have to clarify this like a lot more in technology a Mm -hmm. first time technology founder where the core of their business is they need to build tech there you go they yeah so they generally are more price sensitive and and need to and yeah seek to understand everything about it and a bunch of ways it's like yes you're bootstrapping of course you're price sensitive there is something logical there like you have a limited amount of resources whatever If you're venture backed, you still kind of have a limited amount of resources. Of course, you need to be, you know, fiduciary duty, like all these things exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some who, if they've spent time in like one of the fang stocks, for example, or like a big technology business, they yeah. they care way less. They're way faster to move and be like, yeah, value based is fine. Let's yeah. go. Um, yeah. which is interesting. But that's really again, interesting. Usually first time because they don't understand how technology is built so they don't understand the value of what you're giving them when you say you can take a prototype to market in like a month they don't know if they don't have a yardstick they literally are like okay right like what what does that mean they're like of course a month and you're like that's fast you don't know that's fast but it's really fast (laughs) yeah 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 so it becomes weird and then the you know anyway fast it's tricky that's really fast man that's interesting Yeah. Um, yeah Yeah, I'm I'm a first time founder, technology right. founder, trying yeah. to be anyway. And uh I feel like for me, like I feel like I just intuitively understand why value based pricing is the way to go. You know what yep. I mean? So like for yep. me, there'd be like no education required whatsoever. I would just be Correct. like Yeah, yeah, obviously. Cause yep. why else am I trying to be a founder <laughs> than to yeah. unlock the same kind of like model for myself right yep i want the exact same thing you do 
Um, so it would be, I think, really easy to sell to me because I understand that. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, you would be. Weird. You've, you've also worked on high performance teams that understand leverage and you talk about leverage. You've read books on this stuff. Like it's like that's I'm fixated on it. I, yeah. But I mean, I think that's what blows people away is I'm like, trust us, give us a month, give us this much money. It'll get done. And you focus on these things and they don't realize how valuable that is. Yeah. And it's the same as the founders who want to be involved in our process so much yeah, for yeah. building. I'm like, you need to go do customer dev, like go yeah. develop, get your early users because this prototype's going to, you know, coming in hot in three weeks but, or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying though? Like why, why I'm surprised by your answer here? Like, because I'm sitting here as a solo first time founder or yeah. whatever. So I like deeply, deeply feel the pain of having way too much stuff to do yep and like right just not enough time to execute on it all so like do you think i want to spend that time on like working through this like annoying pricing process and like figuring out your hourly rate and then going and like shopping around for like a week like no obviously i don't yeah right i just don't worry some some clients put it on us. They'll literally say, "Is this normal for your market rate?" <laughs> and I'll start laughing. I'm just like, "You want you want?" You're like, to "No, you? this is a huge discount." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Like, like I'm on. just like, "What?" Like, oh, it's man. it's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Life like they'll boss for everything in the movie. services, man. Yep, services like the the founders that have like done any form of legal at some point, usually they're the ones who like get into our MSA, like our master service agreement mm. and, and try to add covenants. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, Oh yeah, the price is fine. But like, I want 180 days of ongoing maintenance of mm-hmm. what I classify a bug. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. you, you don't get to pick bugs. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> Cause clients love to call yeah, things a bug. It doesn't work on Linux. What a total yeah, bug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a, what a bug. What do you mean? It didn't compile to a native mobile application. Yeah, it's like, silly. uh, what? Yeah. Or they'll be like, my, my wife decided I preferred like this color. That's yeah, a bug. A, and I'm like, that's yeah, not that's such a bug. <laughs> Anything they don't like is a bug. I get it. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I get it. Yep. But, oh man, working as intended anyway. Uh, but like, what about you? How, how do you think about like either mindset or pricing as it comes to like what you're working on with your taverns? Um, so pricing, nothing to say, right? Fair enough. Um, that'll be like an interesting topic for us once I actually have something to put a price on. Um, I guess for those unfamiliar with what I'm doing, uh, right now my focus is really just exploring this new space of role-playing games on the internet. Yep. Um, but my method of exploring is actually building small projects that I can ship and like use then as like ways of learning, ways of seeing like what lands with people. Wait, it's an excuse for me to talk to people. Yeah. Great. It's like a great, it's a great opener for conversations. For I know I can just talk to people anyway. People yeah. so far haven't been very hard to reach. Yeah. But it's just a little easier when it's like, I'm not just like, hey, I'm Adam. I'm trying to make an RPG company and I don't know anything. And can I just yeah. like have an hour of your time? It's like a little yeah. easier when it's like, I'm building this thing. And like, yep. can we talk about it? Or do you want to like get involved? Uh, so I'm meeting people that way. That's amazing. And then, of course, like my strategy with those projects as well is to turn them into marketing channels. So far, I have no plans to try and monetize any of them. 
Right. They're yep. just like cool RPG related websites that direct people to my mailing list. Um, and then one day I will come up with uh, something very valuable that I think is worth like actual money and hopefully be able to leverage those projects to sell that thing. Nice. So that's yeah. ba the basic plan. Uh, I've it. learned a lot about that plan <laughs> having tried it and like I can see certainly downsides to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that I guess gets into mindset and what I've been struggling with. Uh, and I think it comes actually back to something you just kind of pointed out where you were saying like get something to market in a month that's like pretty fast right yeah uh, it is <laughs> right so yeah. even though the project right now i'm working on here be taverns which is like a random content generator for uh, game masters yep even though it's pretty small it's still software yeah and software takes a long time to build Yep. It's right. Still. Yep. It just does. And it's so it's time consuming and it feels longer than it is for me because every week I, I also recently committed to the idea of spending more time on like marketing, like more strategically. I yep. want to I wanted to start thinking about it more strategically. So I wasn't just like sending my energy out in a bunch of random directions. Right. Yeah. Um, for a while, yeah. I think at first that was fine. It was just like, just talk about stuff. But now I'm starting to feel like, no, like my time really is really, really precious. And so I don't want to be just like randomly marketing. I want it to have a bit more of a direction. So yeah. I spent more time on that and I've committed to kind of doing more of that thinking week every week. Um, cool. So what that means, though, is it makes the software like build time feel slower than it is. Because the way I experience it is like progress week by week, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if I actually wrote it down as like hours I've spent coding, it's it's like it's not that it's not going that slow, right? Right. If yeah, all yeah. I did every day was build here be taverns and do no thinking about marketing or like ideas or like meeting with people for potential partnerships and all these other things I've been doing. Um, it yep. would be done much faster. That's so cool. Unfortunately, I have a 10 o'clock, so I got to go. Oh, okay. Well, but I look forward to digging I, into I, that. I guess I won't uh, get into it then. Yeah. I'm so sorry yeah, to okay. our listeners, but I've, I've got a jet today. Okay. Yeah. No, don't worry, man. There'll always be time for me to uh, moan about the pains of starting something. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I just, uh, I can't wait. It's just getting good. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. And uh I'll I'll catch you next week, brother. See you later. Bye. Bye.